the title of this message today is Out of Darkness. And I just want to take a couple of minutes. The story of Lazarus is an awesome story. There's a whole lot of things that we can apply to our lives today. And um, I, I think it's important that as I'm going through these scriptures, I have so many scriptures. Um, I gave you like 10 scriptures in the um, inside of the, uh, the pamphlet, but that is only just a few of the scriptures that I have. I actually have 44 scriptures in total, um, but I, I, I don't know if I'll read all of them or not, but I'm not going to read them one right after the other. I promise you we're going to talk about them as we go. But as we go through this story of Lazarus, I want you to try and think about how this can apply to your life. And so we'll start with the very first scripture, and it says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany in the town of Mary, I'm sorry, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Martha which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, whom thou lovest is sick. I'm sure every single one of us has, can relate to this in some way where you've been sick or you've uh, had something going on in your life and you write to God, dear Lord, who you love <laughs> isn't getting what he needs right now. <laughs> um, God, I'm stuck in this darkness. God, I'm stuck in this place and I need you. But what we have to remember is that God does what he wants to do in his own time. And so as we read on, it says, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus had a great love for these people and he cared about them. So why didn't Jesus just speak a word? Why didn't he just say Lazarus is healed? Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he do it? Because... Uh, I think this teaches us, this, this, this story in the Bible teaches us that things aren't going to happen exactly how we plan them out, how we think that it's going to be. We, we try and put God in a box and say, God, I want you to operate in this type of way. But that's not what Jesus decided to do. And so when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Lazarus's friend is sick, or Jesus's friend Lazarus is sick, and he says, I'm going to stick around for another two days. How many of you have been in that waiting process before where you need something in your life? You need God to touch you, but it seems like he's not hearing you. It seems like he's not doing what you need him to do, and the reality is, is he loves you. He cares about you, but he's got a purpose for that situation that you're in. Just like that song said, what the enemy meant for evil, he turned it for good. And that's the truth, is that, that God means to turn a lot of things for good, but we try and change what, what we want to do. We tell God, this is how I want you to operate. This is how I want you to do this. And we've got it all figured out. I can tell you time and time again, stories in my life about how I had it figured out and how I wanted God to handle the situation and he didn't. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jew, and this is verse 8. Um, after Jesus tells him, let's go, under, let's go to Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest, why are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. 
But if a man that walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. So many times we see what we think is the promise that God has for us or the answer for our prayers. We have it figured out, but that's not what God has intended. And so that's what Jesus was saying right here in this moment. We can't walk by sight. We have to walk by faith. Jesus saying, I will go no matter if they hate me. I'm going to go. I'm going to reach to the places that matter. I'm going to reach the people. I'm going to reach every person. I'll go the distance for you. And I think that's what Jesus said when he was on the cross for us. As he hung there on the cross, he was I'm doing it for you. And I think that's how this plays out in the story, that Jesus is doing something for us. We may not see it happening. We may not see the miracles happening. We may not see the answers to our prayer happening, but he's working. And you have to continue to have faith in what he will do. So <clears throat> then said his disciples, oh, let me jump to verse 11. I jump down one too far. He said, these things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Jesus wasn't talking about sleep, obviously. But what's funny in this is his disciples in the very next verse say, um, then his disciple said, his, then his said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Well, God, if he's sleeping, he's fine. He's just, he's just got to wake up on his own. You ain't got to go wake him up out of his sleep. There's been, how many of you have been in those moments where you don't really want to be woken up by God? I mean, I've been there. Don't want to be woken up. And God, if he's sleeping, he's going to be fine. And Jesus is like, dude, I wasn't talking about sleeping. He's dead. So and the Bible actually says in verse 14, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Like, hey, I know you, <laughs> you're not the brightest bunch of people sometimes, but Jesus, he's like, I, he's dead. <laughs> We're going to go wake him up out of death. <laughs> but so, so this story, there's, 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 some, there's some good points in this story. So Jesus viewed Lazarus as sleeping. The disciples were then all of a sudden like, oh, he's dead. And one of them says in verse 16, then Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow, his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. I don't think they were picking up what Jesus was putting down at that moment. Like, that's, that's not what I want. So let's go. <laughs> You know, I, I would love to have been in that, in, in that time uh, because Jesus said some really awesome things. <laughs> uh, when he talked to the, the Pharisees and the, and the scribes and, and he told them that they're like whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. Like, I can only imagine the look on their face like, whoa, did he really just say that to us? Jesus was serious in his ministry, and I, and I believe that Jesus is serious in that he wants to touch our lives, but he's not going to do it the way we want him to do it. He's not going to do it how we've got it planned out. My plans and my goals never, I can tell you from a very young age, the words that I did say was, I never want 
to be a pastor. Said those words, saw my dad do it, saw the craziness that he went through, and I was like, never want to do that. Um, months ago, a uh, year ago, I, I don't want to do that. I just want to help out in my church. And God did a lot of changing in my life. But my plans and my goals and my dreams, the way that I had it planned out, isn't how God has done it. And so I want to tell you today that what God has planned for you isn't always going to turn out how you wanted it. Last time I preached and, and I said that um, better doesn't mean you're in the place you want to be. Better may be in the valley, not on the mountaintop. And we see here, Lazarus finally has been laid to rest. But there's some things that happen around in this story. In verse 17, it says, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. There's been some promises, some things in your life, I would assure you, that you have gone ahead and laid in the grave. God's not going to answer that. God's not going to do that. You may even feel as if you are in darkness already, stuck in a place that you can't get out of. But the reality is, is God wants to change you and God wants to do something for you. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. When I read that verse, how many of you have ever sat still in the house? You didn't want to move. You had lost someone you loved. You had lost something in your life. You had gone through some major hurt or some pain in your life, and all you wanted to do was sit still in the house. When I see that, Mary was probably stuck in some depression. She was stuck in her life, and, and she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to get out. And so I have to ask you, where is your faith? Look at what Martha says to Jesus in verse 21. It says, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. God, if you would have been here, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And then 22, it says, but I know even now, whatsoever you'll ask of God, it'll happen. She had some faith. But this is what Jesus says to her. Thy brother shall rise again. And I think the faith that she had was the proper faith. And then all of a sudden, Martha said unto him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Like, yeah, I get that. I get that, Jesus. I was kind of hoping for now. But Jesus was talking about now. We know, like, spoiler alert, Lazarus rises again and comes out from the grave. But, but I mean, the reality is, is, I feel like so many people are stuck in darkness. They're stuck in this place, and, and sometimes it becomes comfortable. Jesus says unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 
And she said, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which, sh which should come into the world. And when she said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, the Master has come and calleth for you. What I find interesting here in this next verse is it says, the Jews, sorry, I've missed my verse. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. There was something. She sat still in the house, but then when she heard that he called for her, she arose quickly and came. Don't be so still in the house. Don't be so stuck in the darkness that when God calls your name, you don't run up to him, that you don't run to him. Don't allow yourself to get stuck and to be dragged down by those things. The Jews, in verse 31, it says, The Jews which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. You see, people in your life may not know what's going on. People in your life may not understand why you go to church. People in your life may not understand why you do what you do. But I go to church because I'm so much better having a relationship with God than what I was without my relationship with God. I can tell you, there was this one guy back in the day when I was dumb. He was a tall guy. He said something about my girlfriend. And I walked up to him and I grabbed him in the chest and I just pushed him up against the wall. Like back in the day, like there wasn't like a fear that anything was gonna happen to me. And he like went like this and he understood he shouldn't have probably said that and whatever, we were still friends afterwards. I got him to join the military he joined and I got his signing bonus and all that jazz, so it was cool. Um, <laughs> but when I was in the world, I was reckless. Drugs and alcohol were the only thing that I could do to take care of myself. It was what I wanted to do. But when I found Jesus, when I found that relationship with him, and he called me out of the grave, I'm so thankful that he did. I don't have to stay locked up in the grave. In verse 32, it says, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Why was he troubled? Why was he upset? I think one of the most powerful verses in the Bible is John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. He was touched by the emotions of the people that he was surrounded him. He was touched by what was going on in those people's lives. Then he said, behold, the Jews said, behold how he loved him. They saw the love that Jesus had for them. But in the very next verse, there's a thought. 
And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the, the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? And this is where the battles of the mind begin to play in. You see, we have these thoughts that enter us just like that, that try and divide us, that try and separate us, that try and tear us down as individuals and try and tear us down and say, God really didn't do that in your life or God really can't change you. God really can't do that. There can't be a church in Detroit Lakes. There, there, there can't be these things happening. There, there, this, this can't happen. Those are the thoughts that enter your mind and Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and the stone lay upon it. I, I can't get over the fact that Jesus was so touched by the people's emotions, so touched by what was going on, and he cared so much for them. And the rest, and then there's more to the story. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, and this is where Martha begins to put Jesus back into the box and says, wait, that's not how it can happen. Jesus says, take away the stone, and Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he's been dead for four days. You've waited too long, God. God, I can't see this miracle. I can't see this happen in my life. I can't see this happen. And so you stink. You've got some junk in your life. In verse 40, it says, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Didn't I say this already? Stop putting me back into the box. I can do this. <coughs> Some of us are stuck in a grave where we've become comfortable. The stink, the stench, the depression, the hurt, the pain becomes so familiar and it's what we know, it's what we almost crave sometimes. As I see Mary sitting still in the house in my head, I see myself laying in a bed, not wanting to get out of bed, and darkness completely surrounding me. I've seen it before in my life when depression hits. It just crumples you and takes you down and that's not where God intended for us to be. And I still believe that God calls out to people. But sometimes we get so comfortable that when God tries to give us love, we reject it because it's not hurt. It's not pain. Because that's what I'm so comfortable with. That's what I'm so used to. That's where I've been all my life. I can't see anything differently. But Jesus wants to do something in your life. In verse 43, Jesus says the most powerful things at this moment. When he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. If you could just for a moment replace Lazarus with your name. Just for a moment, thank 
What if he called my name like that? What would I do? Would I come out of the grave or would I be too comfortable in the darkness? Would I be too comfortable with where I'm at? God wants to call you out, but you have to have a level of willingness to, to walk. You have to have a level of willingness to go forward. Your, re, your, your relationship is within grasp. Love is within grasp. Peace is within grasp, but you have to take some steps. And this is where verse 44 has such a powerful impact. It says, and he that was dead come, came forth. And you could stop right there and be so excited that Lazarus came forth. But it says, he was bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Lazarus came out of the grave bound. And so he made some steps. While it may not have been easy, he made some steps to bring himself out of the grave. You're going to have to, to make some steps in your relationship with Jesus. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to play in the role of, of, of needing help. You're going to have to walk to an altar. You're going to have to say some prayer. And God, I need you. I need your help. He's not so high that you can't be real with him. Look at how he was real with the disciples when it said, he said plainly. And I think when he said that, when the Bible says it, he said plainly Jesus was dead, he was like, I can imagine what the writer was trying to say was, like you should have saw the look on Jesus' face when he said, he's dead. <laughs> Jesus plainly wants to help you. He wants to take you to another place, a place that you've never been with him. But you got to take some steps. Just like Lazarus took some steps out of darkness, you're going to have to take some steps out of darkness. But what was beautiful is that Jesus, when he, when he said, all these people standing around, wow, there's Lazarus coming out of the grave. I don't know how they tied him. But one, his hands and feet were bound, and something was covering his face. Not only was he in a dark place, but there was more darkness placed over his face, so that when he came out of the tomb, he was still in a dark place. But do you know what was awesome? Here's the people standing around, probably in awe, because I'm thinking about what I would see if a dead person walked out of the grave. What in the world is that Lazarus? <laughs> I would be blown away. And I can imagine in that moment they were just in awe. But Jesus says to him, he directs the people. Jesus, all powerful. Could have been like grave clothes fall off of him. But again, he instructs people to loose Lazarus and to let him go. Now like, this may like change some of your thinking a little bit. Well, I thought Jesus was the chain breaker, he is. Jesus is the one who makes walls fall and moves mountains, yeah, he is. But sometimes he's going to instruct the people around you who may be the people who have put the negative thoughts in your mind, just like that scripture back up there where it says, why couldn't he, Jesus have done this? He may use those same people to loose you and to let you go and to remove that napkin 
so that, so that you can finally see Jesus. And I believe that that is the purpose of this church. That is the purpose of the church. When God intended for there to be a church, he intended for it to be a place where people could come in that were hurting, lost, and needing help, and the church could help loose them and to let them go. And so that is the purpose today, to see people loose, to see people let go of the grave clothes. When you come out of the grave, when you come out of things in your life, there may be some things attached to you that don't just fall off. And as I'm ending today, I hope that you will see that there's more to being a Christian than living in darkness. There's more to being a Christian than just coming to church on Sunday or just spending a few minutes in prayer. There is a job that you have as a Christian. And it's to help the people that you surround. It's to help the people that are standing next to you, that are sitting next to you today. The job of the church is to show love, is to care, and is to help remove grave clothes. You have a job. As you sit here today, every single one of us are in a place in our life. You may be in darkness, you may not be. But every one of us has to come before God. Every one of us has to have a relationship with him. You know every hurt and every pain that's in your life. And you know if you're sitting in darkness today or if you're just fine. I don't want to be just fine. I don't want to put God in a box and say, God, this is the only way that you can operate in my life. That's not what he intended. Too many times we try and reason. Too many times we try and figure it out and say, God, this is how I need it done. All the while, he's saying, stop putting me in the box and I could change your life. Stop putting me in a box and I could touch you. I could bring you out of darkness. I could change your life if you'd stop putting me in a box. And I can tell you from the most, I, I'm faulted. I, I failed. And I have put God in a box time and time and time again because that's where I feel like he belongs so many times. Because like, I, I just don't. I, I don't understand why, God, why do you have to do it your way? My plan is pretty good. Like, I've got my life laid out, God. Why can't I do it this way? And he's like, take me out of the box and I can show you. But so many times, him in a box and me in darkness is what's comfortable. And so as I preach this message today and as I try and encourage you, I want you to know that every one of us sometimes puts him back in the box, that every one of us sometimes faces darkness. So don't, don't think that you're in it alone. Don't think it, you're in it by yourself because I'm here. God's here. And I know that he wants to see a change in your life. And still to this day, just as he called Lazarus out of the grave, he's calling people as he hung there on the cross 
doing it for you. Amen. For you. For you. Thank you, God, for doing it for me. As we all stand across this place, I want to take a few moments to, to pray and just to seek God. Because I truly believe that every single one of us needs to come out of the grave. This song says, oh, come to the altar. There's not a really a big place up here. So make the place where you're at right now your altar. And it's simple. God isn't a God that needs a pretty prayer. All he needs is you to say, God, I need you. That's what he is looking for, your surrender. Can you take a few moments just to pray? And if you would like prayer, we would love to pray with you. We'll be here. Thank you, Jesus. God, I worship you. God, I pray that your presence would sweep across and touch every person. God, you know every hurt, every pain, God, everything in every person's life. And I just pray you would touch God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless.